Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Powers. Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going right to the phones where our one of our favorite contributors, Nate Zielinski, is joining us. And Nate, before we even get to the report, um, speaking of sun, there's a chance for people to win a great ice fishing trip with you and I, but they've got to get registered. Absolutely, Tim. You know, uh, it's going to be a fun trip. You've got to get registered now and, uh, you know, keep uh, get your friends registered. You know, I always tell, tell your four best friends because, uh, we're going to take some other people with us, you know, so make sure you, you bring, bring your group. Maybe you get invited on the trip, things like that, because uh, it's going to be a good time to fish with us. And uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to we get a lot of comments on one of the particular ATVs that they sell at Sun. I have a, a Honda Rubicon that's tricked out with tattoo tracks. I mean, this thing literally has racks. It is the most versatile ice fishing tool in the world. People have seen it. People talk about it. And if you win this trip, more than likely, you're going to go on that machine on a nice trip with us. So uh, it's going to be a good time for sure. All right. And I want to let people know we do have a winner on the trivia from the last segment. Thank you for calling in. Nate, the best way, they can go to Sun's Facebook page, Sunny and T, and there's all kinds of things there. They can go to my page on the fan and find out information. I'm sure you've got it on your Facebook page, too. Absolutely. Devin, uh, Devin Menino, who's out walleye fishing right now, runs uh, the social media program for us. I'll we'll do that. I, uh, I believe he has it up. If not, it will uh, be up shortly. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Um, beautiful walleye fishing weather, I think. I just can't think of any place I'd rather be than out in the boat right now. But, you know, all kidding aside, this moisture is going to be good. We've had on and off weather. The fishing has started and stopped and been really good and been tough. And we've got, and that's not it's not as untypical as people think, even though it's been a weird spring. But we're going to get into more and more of stable patterns for a lot of fish, aren't we? Absolutely, Terry. And, I mean, to be totally honest with you, um, I mean, this stuff, it affects the fish big. But if you can find the right post-spawn fish, really of any species, uh, you know, the right post-spawn fish of trout, the right post-spawn fish of walleye, um, you're still going to have a lot of active fish, even with these kind of storm fronts. And I'll tell you, the other big thing that this does, especially for those fish that are just getting ready to spawn, so let's say you have a, a colder fishery like Aurora, you have your carters, your horse tubes, this spring moisture is going to get those inlets flowing, and it's going to pull a lot of those spawning fish to those inlets, so it's great for that because it's going to gather them. It's also going to bring a lot of food into these reservoirs, which are going to pull fish in. So regardless, we need the moisture in the state, and uh, I think I'm all for it. You know, and again, talking about walleye, again, I just said Devin Menino's at Cherry Creek, Will Dykstra's at Cherry Creek. Uh, there's a, the Colorado Walleye Association is putting on their two-day tournament at Cherry Creek. This is absolutely very typical weather of two things. It's very traditional weather of that particular tournament. It seems like every year it snows on that tournament. It's also very typical of turkey hunting, uh, which we're going to talk about. I mean, turkey season opens, that tournament goes on, it never fails, it brings weather. So that's just kind of the, the two things. But those guys are out there grinding some walleyes at Cherry Creek, and there's that basin bite. We always talk about it, but Cherry Creek has a mud basin. Majority of the center of the lake is 22 feet. It's a nice mud bottom, and there gets so much bug life 
in that mud bottom with uh, with their just small bloodworms. They get a bunch of different larvae, the different bugs. Uh, but they get so much bug life in that mud, it makes an ideal food source for a post-spawn walleye. So instead of having to chase down shad, which are very prevalent and easy to catch, but those bugs literally just sit there, and the walleyes have to exert less energy, and it's easier on their body to digest those bugs. Um, so whether you believe it or not, walleyes actually put a big focus on bugs, especially in spring. Everything from you know now up until about June, uh, when the young bait fish hatch, walleyes love feeding on bugs if there's enough of them. And at Cherry Creek, 22 foot down, those fish are foraging, and fronts like this don't shut those fish down quite as much. They don't retract off a structure going to deep water. They're already in the deep water, they're lower down to where the temperature change doesn't quite get to them. They get affected by the barometric pressure, but generally speaking, the fact that they're so hungry in a post-spawn state, it kind of overweighs that uh, the situation of the barometric pressure, uh, and those fish are going. So generally speaking, if you look across the state, if you find the right situation, you think about the process, you can find fish that are feeding in these uh, these frontal situations. Well, and you really do have to think about the forage, because it's not like large bodies of water where the walleyes migrate 10 miles. They're only going a short distance, and they start feeding. I have a quick question for you, and Malax, when the fish would really concentrate on those bugs down in the mud, we used to actually go to leeches on slip bobbers or use different techniques. Are you still trolling crankbaits, or are you trying we, different techniques? We're, you know, we're catching them on literally everything, Carrie, and that's kind of the beauty of it. So the biggest thing, we are probably doing more with crankbaits. We're catching them on cranks. We're catching them on spinners. We're casting jigs. Uh, I mean, we're, they're really hitting about any walleye presentation. The biggest thing for us is those fish are roaming. So when they're in a mud basin, they're not gathered on anything. So they're not gathered on a point or a piece of structure. So when they're spread out like that, we try to take a technique that we can move along as fast as possible. Generally speaking, since they're spread out, they're just roaming. The more water you cover, the more fish you catch. So we could, I mean, I caught fish this week on slow death presentations and a lot of different things, but a lot of those techniques, you're sitting still or you're working, you know, at less than a mile an hour as opposed to pulling a crank or something like that where I can troll along at 1.6, 1.8 miles an hour, which, believe it or not, they're, they're taking the bait that fast. I cover twice as much water and therefore put my bait in the air twice as many fish and catch twice as many fish. So I think more so, more than more so than the bait they're taking, it's the opportunity to put it in front of as many fish as possible. But I can tell you that this storm is going to affect the shallow fish, uh, which kind of breaks my heart, but it's only going to take a couple days. We're back in the 70s again. Um, but we just now at Pueblo, Chatfield, Cherry Creek, uh, Bar Lake, Jackson, we saw a lot of fish coming out of those deeper basin areas. These are the very first fish to spawn, you know, a month ago or six weeks ago. And these fish are moving along. They're almost to the point where they're well post-spawn, um, and they're showing up on structure. So Chatfield, we caught a lot of fish on the roadbeds this week. Cherry Creek, I caught a lot of fish in 10 to 12 feet uh, where I was throwing jigs to those fish. So we really saw the kind of the hit of, a, of an early summer pattern starting this week as that water approached that 55-degree mark. Um, and it was exciting to see. I think this is going to taper us off for a couple days. Uh, but again, by next weekend, especially for the for the next night walleye and sandy tournament, I think those fish are going to be backed up shallow, and we're going to have opportunities at both deep and shallow fish, which is great because then you can find fish to your specific talent level uh, to catch fish. So it's exciting about that. I want to make a quick comment here before we move on to turkey hunting, too, and that's the fact that you said that um, 
Will Dykstra is out in this tournament. Will's actually going to host the show next week. I'm out of town on assignment. We have a short show. It's at 9 o'clock instead of the 10 that we're at right now. We'll go back to 9 later in the summer. But it, because of the NFL draft, we're only doing an hour at 9. Will's going to host it, so he'll have an he'll have a, up, a first-hand update on what's going on at that tournament. And I want to send kudos out to a sponsor that we both work with, and that's A&A Toppers. Once again, they've stepped up to show their support for the outdoor industry by being at this Colorado Walleye Association tournament, Nate. Absolutely, they got some bonus bucks in there. So uh, you know, some they are uh, they not only are sporting the the series, sporting the anglers. Uh, they put in some bonus money. So if you uh, you're a top finishing team and you have an A and A topper on your truck, uh, any of the brands that A and A covers, uh, you're gonna get some extra money from A and A. So it's great to see them uh, get involved on all levels uh, of the outdoors right there. So that's very exciting. Will is actually fishing this tournament with his son Ben. Uh, so you guys have all seen. You know, I'm sure if you, if you follow Will Dykstra or, or following he does, you see Ben is very active young son uh, who does a lot of fishing. I mean, I think at age four, he caught his first 49-inch muskie. Uh, I mean, this kid is absolutely one of the next legends in the industry. Uh, and he's out there fishing with that. And then uh, Devin Manil is fishing one of his uh, longtime friends, uh, Chris. So excited to see how those guys do in the tournament today. All right. Let's switch our let's switch gears now. And what do you think this weather is going to do? We're in the middle of the turkey season, but it's a long season. Sometimes people get too anxious. Sometimes the best hunting is later in the season. Absolutely. I think we use this for a couple different reasons. Number one, if you are in an area where your birds are hot, uh, generally speaking from the report, if you're on that that western slope, the Rifle Gap area, Silt, Newcastle, that kind of I-70 corridor right there where there's a lot of birds, those birds are, are kind of fired up right now. And I really don't think this is going to bother them that much. It's going to shut them down right through the storm. Um, but by tomorrow, Monday, I think those birds are going to bounce right back. A lot of the southern birds, um, they seem like they are in full breeding mode. Same thing. I think it's going to shut them down for two or three days. And I think that they're going to bounce right back. Uh, a lot of that whole South Platte drain is going out east. You kind of go northeast out of our state. Those birds are mixed. Right now we have birds that are full-blown in the breeding season. We have other birds that are just quite getting into it. If they're in the breeding season, again, not going to shut them down that much. If they're just on the beginning stages, it's probably going to push them back you know, at least a week, if not seven days or 10 days. Um, so it's definitely going to shut down the birds that aren't quite into it. But I want to talk about one thing. I've talked to numerous turkey hunters this week that have been sending me questions, asking about calls. But more importantly, I've been talking to a lot of hunters that have struggled in the last week of that opening turkey season. And people are just flat out, man, I don't think I'm on the birds. They're not, they're either not there or they're not talking at all, which could be very much the case in both situations. If you're not on good breeding birds, you're not near a roost, uh, you might not hear these birds. You know, right now, early season, these birds are going to gobble hard from their roost. But a lot of times, you know, especially once they jump to the ground, if they're not quite into it yet, they shut up for a little bit. So a lot of times, you know, you might be near them, but if you're not near that roost tree, you're not going to hear the birds. You guys are getting frustrated. But regardless, when I have snow, I take this as a great advantage. The second the snow stops this afternoon, I'm in Conifer. Uh, it's snowing right now really hard. But the second the snow stops and this weather clears out, it's only going to last you know, 24 hours, and this snow's going to be gone. The ground's warm, the warm air's coming. But I use this as a perfect situation. Go drive around. You know, even if you stay in your vehicle, but cruise around because turkeys are so light, a lot of times they don't leave tracks. They're only going to leave tracks if your ground is muddy. Um, but in this type of situation, even if you're on hard-packed ground, you can now find tracks and get a good idea of where the turkeys are at. So even if they're not vocal, even if you haven't seen them, if you drive around your turkey areas now, cover ground, 
look for tracks, and at least get a good idea of where you have birds. Once you know where you have birds, especially if you're a weekend hunter, you know, check it out this weekend. Check it out this afternoon tomorrow. Find birds by next weekend when it's 70, 80 degrees. Good chance they're going to be talking then and be getting back into the swing of things, um, and you'll have a good idea where those birds are at. So I use this as a as a fresh blanket of ground, and I go out looking for tracks almost as a scouting mission, just where I'm prepared for the upcoming season when they're actually full blown going. Because uh, again, it's early, it's just like the elk season. Everybody gets excited, but the true good portions of the season are towards the middle or the end of the of the turkey seasons here in Colorado. All right, great, great information. Hey, a couple quick points. One of the things I want to let people know that Colorado Clays will be coming on at 11.30, and they're going to talk turkey guns. They're going to talk about patterning them, chokes, different shots. So they're going to cover some of that, and they still have the ability to use their facility to pattern your turkey gun out there. Uh, the other, uh, Some of the other things I want to mention, Nate, I want to get, before you go, you're right, it's going to warm up. Two things. First of all, if you're going out, say, in the next two, three days after it starts this warming trend, what's one place you'd fish, and then how do the people get a hold of you for all your events? Absolutely. You know, uh, you can go to tightlineoutdoors.com to book trips. and get all of our events. Again, we have a walleye night term at Chatfield uh, next week. The opportunity to register is still open. If I had to fish, it would be a hard toss-up between the amazing walleye fishing at Cherry Creek right now as well as uh, this big trout bite going on at Spinning Mountain Reservoir. So it's a, it's a 50-50 between those bites for sure. And just real quick, I don't have a lot of time, but the patterning your turkey gun. I promise you, when you actually truly pattern a gun, it will shock you what you actually see on that pattern. If you've never done it, I strongly encourage you to go do that. It will be a, a total mind-blowing experience of what actually is hitting that turkey. It's a good learning experience as well. You're absolutely right. We don't spend enough time with some of the, our, 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 our firearms during these kind of seasons. Nate, we got to run, but thank you so much for joining us and great information as always. Absolutely, Terry. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That's Nate Zielinski. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to be joined by an organization that is doing so much to help wounded veterans from a number of generations. Great organization. We're going to talk to them and talk to the guys from Casking, and there's some special things they're doing to help them out. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you by Honey Smoked Salmon. Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Now, joining us on the phone today, we have we have a couple people, but the first one I want to go to is Mr. Al Norker. If you've uh, followed my radio, TV, and writings, you'll know that Al has been, I've been a contributor to much of what I do for many, many years. He's a longtime member of the outdoor industry. I think I just called you old, Al. But, you did, Terry. But, uh, uh, you know, one of the things, Al, you and I have been involved. We've done television. We've done articles together. You've been on this radio show many times. You've been uh, involved as a product development person for some companies in the industry, very large companies. Uh, one of the things that I've always found, that when you come, like when you appear at ISE and I'm hosting the tank or you come on this radio show, so often it has something to do with, uh, getting women in the outdoors, getting children out fishing. You, you just latch on to groups like that because you have such a passion for what the outdoors can bring to people's lives. And today's topic certainly is going to uh, reflect that same passion that you have. Now, you're with uh, Casking, and we'll talk more about Casking before I let you go, but you have a very special guest you want to introduce. Why don't you bring him up and uh, tell us about it? 
Absolutely. Terry, thank you. first of all, thank you very much. And, you know, we are all very lucky to be able to participate in the in the sport that we love. Uh, not everybody has that, that same opportunity. And a while back, uh, I was approached by uh, an incredible group. And the gentleman I want to introduce today is uh, J.R. Lapierre. Uh, he's the managing director of a group called Anglers of Honor. And when they approached me a while back to uh, possibly design and build a uh, a fly rod reel, you know, a whole combo to be used for this incredible group of veterans uh, that have suffered various types of injuries through their service to our country. Uh, you know, it was an easy answer for me. It was a very quick yes. And uh, JR is with us today. I just want him to maybe tell your listeners just for a minute about the kind of things that uh, Anglers of Honor is doing uh, for this group of veterans and maybe how everybody can get involved. Well, thank you both. Uh, Terry, appreciate uh, being on your radio show. Um, let me tell you a little bit about River Deep, you know, the River Deep Alliance, which is Anglers of Honor is part of the River Deep Alliance, and it's a collaboration of like-minded nonprofits, and we're serving an overlapping group of clients in need. So these programs focus on healing and support from physical, psychological, emotional injuries and trauma sustained during military or civilian life. And so we're accomplishing this through activities that enable, you know, these individuals to reacclimate and re-engage in life. And one of the programs is called the Anglers of Honor, and it's dedicated to sharing some world-class uh, therapeutic fly fishing to our military service personnel and individuals with physical disabilities and their families. Um, through their fly fishing, you know, we're helping these individuals heal by uh, recognizing that they are still capable to participate in everyday life and avoid, you know, homeless, hopelessness. Uh, we're providing camaraderie. We're alleviating depression and anxiety. Uh, when they're out on the water fishing, they're experiencing a calming uh, and supportive environment, and that helps you come back, combat suicidal thoughts and feelings. And uh, it's just a, a great transformation that we've been able to provide our uh, our, our servicemen. Jay, I want to I want to interject here really quickly. And Al told me, and if I blew, correct me if I'm wrong, but you take veterans of all generations too. You're going all the way back to the Vietnam War. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. And even you know, if they're capable, even older than that, you know. Uh, we've had a few that are definitely in their in their 80s, and they've come out as well. So uh, yes, if you've uh, if you've uh, you know done service for our country, yes, um, and we work with various organizations to identify the individuals who are going through these trauma, and yeah, absolutely, we get them out on the water. Um, Al, why don't you tell people yeah. first of all? Um, this fly rod, you you guys stepped up, I believe, to donate a bunch of this, and then you went further to help them. Why don't you tell people what Casking did for the organization and what the ongoing uh, process is? Sure. Well, Jr. and the group came to me and said, you know, can you design and build a uh, a very nice uh, fly rod reel and the whole thing for these guys to use? And then what? Uh, the Anglers of Honor group does is after a full day of instruction and fishing on the river, they actually uh, present these rods to the participants so that they don't just have to leave with nothing in their hand. They actually have a fire rod now they can use the rest of their life. 
And that was a very you know, easy thing for us to participate in a small way in, in helping them provide these combos. But we got to thinking about, you know, how can we get more people involved and how can we do more to support uh, the, the entire organization and group and all their efforts ongoing. And, you know, this fly rod is, is pretty nice to begin with. So we thought, you know, I bet there's going to be more people that would love to own one of these. So we've decided to make them available, not just to the Anglers of Honor group, but through our normal channels of distribution. And, and we provide all of our products direct to the consumer through Amazon and through our own website. And we prov- we're going to be selling these combos. Uh, it's called the Defender Series, and it's a beautiful nine-foot, five-weight, four-piece fly rod, high-modulus graphite, great components, a beautiful CNC machined aluminum fly reel preloaded with backing, fly line, leader, the whole thing, and a, and a great travel case. But we're doing it at a price that anybody can afford it and really have a true performance rod in their hand to fish for a lifetime for $129. And then what we're going to do is we're going to donate a portion of that sale right back to Anglers of Honor so they can keep their program going. Now, this is a rod that would probably retail this outfit for 250 or more. At least, absolutely. I mean, this is an incredible value to only $129. And it, basically, you tie a fly on the end of the leader that already comes attached to this, and you go catch a fish today. It's ready to go. Now, I want to. we're going to run out of time here in just a second. Um, JR, tell people how they can find out more about Anglers for Honor, how they can contact you, how they can maybe volunteer or donate to your organization. Absolutely. So there is uh, a website called Anglers of Honor. Dot org, and my information is in there. I got phone number, contact information, email. Just go ahead and give me a call or email me, and uh, we can definitely discuss how you can get more involved. And I, I've got to say, Al is being humble in his description of the rod. It's not just nice; it is beautiful and it is quality. So we're very, very happy of our uh, partnership with Al. Now, we ran out of time here. We didn't mention, we want to spend, maybe we'll get you back on, but okay. you can take people of all er, elks. I mean, you even have the the, the wheelchairs on tracks to get people who are immobile out. Is that right? Absolutely. They're called track fab chairs, and they're able to go into the river depending on the height of the water. And uh, they're phenomenal. So they give a little bit of extra access to, to our vets and persons with disabilities to get even closer to the action. What I want to say is people, just don't think you're not going to be able to participate. Contact these people and find out. They have ways to get you out there no matter what's going on with you so that don't think that you can't do it. Al, real quick, how could they get a hold of Casking and maybe purchase the rod? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Cascade.com, and then uh, these rods will all be available on Amazon. If you just go to Amazon uh, and search uh, Casking, you'll find the Anglers of Honor combos in about 10 days. will be available for everybody, and we sure hope you participate because, again, the money is going to go right back to support these incredible American heroes. All right. I think we need to get you guys back on and talk more about this because such a great thing. We're out of time right now, though, but, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate it, Terry. You bet. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire.
Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. We're going right to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Clays is J.R. Pearson. J.R., what's his note? You guys are sneaking out early, so you can probably go fishing, huh? Terry, I didn't know those notes got to you that quick. Well, they... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. So you guys are just getting some weather out there? Yeah, it's still snowing here, Terry. Um, our sporting clays course is not usable when we have snow on those plates that the target comes off of. You know, we can't open the traps. It's going in. It'll short them out, and uh, the targets don't work well because we have that real nice uh, semi-indoor range. But uh, it's okay. We can use one. Oh, well, we all need the moisture. We keep saying that, right? That's correct. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm, I brought you guys up earlier. I mentioned earlier in the show what Nate Zielinski was giving us. He's doing a series uh, every week, a little bit of tips for what's going on with turkeys in the field right now. And I mentioned that you were uh, allowing people to do some turkey patterning out there during the season. And then you also were going to share some information about what you've learned. And Nate was really excited about that because he said... People are so shocked when they properly pattern their gun how it really shoots. And, and you're right, Terry. And, boy, I have some great data to share for you. Um, but i got a couple of things I'm going to touch. First, of course, uh, I hope that all those guys that came out here to, to dial in their turkey guns had great hunts and success. I want to wish that out there. Um, so many of these people that came out, Terry, to take advantage of our limited-time turkey gun sight-in and patterning range were introduced for their first time to Colorado Clay's shooting park. And, of course, they found out why we are, you know, Colorado's premier public shooting facility. And it was really nice. It was so great showing them around our facility because, I mean, really, until you actually visit Colorado Clay's, you can't really appreciate what a clean, safe, friendly, and truly state-of-the-art facility it is. And, you know, of course, that included our training trap for the beginners and, and lessons. And I'm telling you, a couple of these guys could not wait to get their kids back out that. And, of course, the tour included our seven ATA traps, the skeet fields, the wobble traps, our beautiful 15 station sporting clays course. A few of them had to get on that. And then a couple of guys actually jumped in our 10-bay pistol range and one in our 100-yard uh, rifle range. So it was really cool bringing those people out and letting them see what else we had to offer. And pretty much everyone that came um, to sight in ended up enjoying other activities while they were here at Colorado Clays. But anyway, back to turkey hunting, Terry. we got some really cool information here. So let's start with the guns. Uh, all of the guns that we patterned were 12 gauges. And we had many types of uh, guns show up. Some were pump actions, uh, some semi-autos, and a couple of brake actions. A uh, few of those were models um, for turkey hunting from different manufacturers, but most of them, most of them were not. And uh, as far as chokes go, all of the guns we tested, um, you know, of course, had uh, changeable choke barrels, so that made it very interesting. We tested uh, different choke restrictions from really like modified in the middle range, full, extra full, and turkey tubes. And, of course, we had some um, really good specialty uh, turkey tubes designed just for um, turkey hunting. As far as our ammo went, we did test uh, two and three-quarter, three and three-and-a-half-inch loads. Uh, all the loads we tested were either four, five, six-shot, 
or blends of those three. Some of them have some specialty blends. And everything was from one and a quarter to, say, one and three quarter ounce loads. Uh, some were standard hunting type loads, others were special turkey shells. So we shot at distances from 10 to 40 yards and from positions that uh, these people expected to encounter in their hunts, meaning sitting for sitting maybe against a tree and calling, some would be in blinds rested, some off of shooting sticks, and then some just um, you know, offhand standing. So we, we represented all of the potential shooting positions. Now, the results that we came up with so far would indicate that the gun you use is more of a personal preference issue than anything, Terry. The, um, the results changed more from other factors than the gun, and we determined this by changing chokes and, and uh, you know, ammo and stuff in the same gun and found that it's not as much the gun, that's more of a personal thing. As far as ammo goes, we found that our best pattern densities and consistencies were produced by the loads designed just for turkey hunting in the one and three quarter ounce range, and it seemed like the five shot had um, no, you know the least number of flyers um, out of the out of the pattern and the best you know density in the kill zone. Um, these manufacturers obviously geared these loads in probably velocity, powder burn rates, and other factors to perform in the field with the chokes used and, uh, you know, for that type of hunting. Um, so as far as the chokes, it seems like the most important factor for the best pattern densities and the longest effective ranges um, were going to be those chokes that are specific to turkey hunting, meaning the turkey tubes. The modified through extra full were good at close to medium ranges, but they didn't quite compete with the uh, aftermarket and manufactured turkey tubes. Um, now, if you combined the special turkey loads with a good turkey tube, uh, we had great results out to 40 yards and uh, with several different combinations and manufacturers. So I guess on that note, um, a, a good turkey tube and a load designed for turkey hunting is going to give you the best results. And one last note I really think I should bring up, Terry, and this is probably the most interesting of all the things. Um, when the folks shot from the sitting position, their patterns were usually at least 60% and sometimes 70% high at 30 yards. And this is there, there's some dynamic that occurs when people sit down with the way they hold their guns. So we end up adjusting their aim points to compensate for this. And they left Colorado Plays ready for the hunt. And I guess it just goes to show how important preparation is for any shooting activity and what a great tool Colorado Plays can be for doing that. Oh, that's awesome. We're going to run out of time here real quick, JR. And so let's touch on a couple things. First of all, how long are you going to do the, continue to do the patterning? Well, you know what, Tara, I'm going to run it through the end of turkey season. So when season gets over, um, that's kind of going to be all we can do um, on the turkey patterning. But uh, always give us a call. Um, I always try and accommodate folks' needs. So. Now, you also have a couple other special events coming up. Tell us what you got on the, on the docket. Well, I would like to let everybody know we are going to be doing a concealed carry class April 26th. 
Um, very popular. If you want to get on that, you know, give us a call or an email, and we'll get you on the roster. And then, of course, we um, are still doing our intro to shotgun clinics for um, getting those fundamentals down. And those dates, I can give you a few, are May 6th, June 3rd, July 22nd, August 19th, September 9th, and October 7th. Uh, check the website or give us a call to verify those, but we'll get you on the calendar if you want to get in. All right, my friend, we have to let you go, but great things. That was incredible information. I'm sure if people want to come out, you can share that turkey patterning information with them in more detail. Be glad to, Terry. Thank you. All right, JR, thank you so much. Get out and find those bass so we can go after them. Let's do it. All right, thank you, my friend, JR from Colorado Clays. Let's go right back to the phone. And speaking of friends and people I admire, we have Kevin Mason from honey smoked fish company on the line with us and kevin i got to tell you a little earlier today we gave away one of your gift cards because of our 20-year trivia that you're helping us celebrate 20 years on the air and you've been a long time partner of ours but for a couple really good reasons one is you guys are a first class company and two the product is so darn good well, good morning, Terry, and thank you for the great compliment. Hey, well, gobble, gobble, gobble to the one who won that uh, gold card. Yeah, I, I, you know, I hope, I always hope. I mean, we get so many people that tell me they've tried your product because of this show, but I always hope when we give that away that it's going to be somebody new because people who don't under, it's hard to describe Honey Smoke Fish Company salmon until you taste it, isn't it? Yes, and uh, actually I just had a bagel, cream cheese, smoked salmon just now with a sliced tomato, a little seasoned pepper on it. And I just ate the whole thing and I feel energized. And for all those, you know, turkey hunters out there, you're going to need some energy out there to find those turkeys. So I would recommend that superfood salmon that I make. You know what we're Karen and I are doing now is we're making little crostinis. We saw it on your website. You had tomatoes and a bunch of stuff and you had some, uh, uh, not guacamole, but you had the actual, uh, Avocados, yeah, I couldn't think. Thank you, guys. I get help from the control room when I get in, when I get brain stuck. But we just took some some guac, guacamole spread and then put it on a nice crostini and then put the honey smoked salmon on top of that. And what a hit Ooh. that was! Oh, it was so wow. good. It was so good. Oh, wow! And then maybe a little pico de gallo on top of that. Ooh, it's just that it's just, there's so many ways you can use it. Where can they find it, Kevin? Well, we're now promoting Walmart. We're now at Walmart. Of course, King Super, Safeway, Sprouts, of course, Costco, and Sam's Club. And I tell you what, folks, just buy one bag and taste it. It's so good. Trust me, you're going to love it. It's just, it, Kevin, that's the only thing I can tell people is try it. You got, I mean, it's a superfood. It's got all the health benefits. But once you try it, that's what sells it. You, you'll be hooked, and the secret's in the fire. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. All right. Kevin Mason from Honey Smoked Fish Company. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And joining us on the phone from Fishful Thinker is Ronnie Castiglione. Ronnie, my note here says that you actually approach fishing differently depending on the season. Why is that? 
<laughs> well, you know, Terry, fish move. It's a crazy thing. They move around the lake. They don't usually stay in one spot. They'll move around a river. They don't usually stay in one spot. So one of the big tools that, you know, anglers need to learn a skill set for and kind of learn how to keep track of and pay attention to is tracking the seasonal patterns and understanding, you know, that fish are going to move and then trying to understand why and where they're going to move to, Terry. Well, you know, I couldn't agree more, Ronnie. And, and back when I, my days when I wrote for In Fisherman, we used to talk about the fish plus location plus um, uh, presentation, and you needed all three in order to catch fish. And obviously, when you look at location, seasonal movement has to be at the top of the chart. Then local weather is going to affect their attitude at the time you're on the water. And there's things like moon phases and little things that come into play and angler pressure. But you have to start with that seasonal movement. Yeah, you really do, Terry, and there's some big reasons why fish move seasonally, you know, so those are kind of things you want to pay attention to. Uh, some of the obvious ones, and the ones that we'll kind of cover here real fast, is uh, one is going to be water temperature. That's kind of an obvious one. Water temperature is going to affect where fish want to be on any body of water. Um, certain fish are going to want to be shallow when the water's warm, and other fish are going to want to be deep when the water's warm, and, and vice versa. Certain fish are going to want to be shallow when it's cold, and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So understanding that fish are going to move when the water temperature changes is big deal. Another one that really moves fish around, Terry, is understanding the spawning cycles of the fish. Um, fish are thinking about, you know, basically two things their whole life, Terry. They're thinking about spawning, and they're thinking about eating, and that's pretty much it. So if you understand the spawn cycle and understand where fish and when they like to spawn and what areas of the lake they're going to move to or where in the river they're going to move to to spawn, then you can track those fish. Uh, you know, bass are a good example for that. Smallmouth, let's talk about smallmouth on horse juice. They spend all winter long, for the most part, out there in the middle of the bases of the lake, Terry, but they like to spawn in the back of the coves for the most part. So understanding that as the water temperatures warm up and get to that kind of ideal temperature that they want to spawn at, they're going to make a migration. They're going to come in from that outer part of the lake, and they're going to work their way back towards those areas. So keeping track of that is always a good idea, and that's a good way to find fish. You know, the food source is another one that's going to move fish around the lake, Terry. Uh, and, and it kind of has to do, depending on the time of year, too, with what the, the food source is and what its spawning cycle is. So understanding where the gizzard shad like to be, understanding where the smelt are going to be on a, on a lake like horse tooth, understanding where the smelt are going to spawn and when they're going to spawn. All of those kind of things will definitely affect where the predators are on any given day. And so tracking that throughout the year is a big, big deal. Everything that's going to affect the fish and move them around a lot, Terry, especially on our bodies of water here in, in Colorado, is going to be water level. Uh, water level and incoming flow and things like that. Water coming into a reservoir, water going out of a reservoir, flow, you know, water going up in a lake like Boyd. Um, as, as the cover in a lake like Boyd gets covered up with the water, as the water goes up, then the fish that relate to cover, like the largemouth in there especially, they're notorious for wanting to bury themselves right in the middle of all that cover, Terry. So understanding that that will move your fish Fish. You know, if you come to the lake one day and the water's at a certain level and you come a few weeks later and it's gone up, uh, you know, a tremendous amount and all of a sudden everything's 10 feet deeper, if that covers in the water on a lake like Boyd, those fish are definitely going to move to it, Terry. So those are some of the things that will absolutely move the fish. And, you know, I know we're running out of time here, Terry. So next I kind of wanted to talk about how to track those things, Terry. All right. Take me a couple minutes. we got a couple minutes. Take me through it. 
Well, you know, some really easy ways to track that throughout the years, Terry, and as you build kind of your data source and understand that, you know, it's going to take a few years of kind of collecting info, and then after you do it, you'll start to see patterns develop. Uh, you know, a real good way nowadays, Terry, is to take pictures. Um, it's not that you necessarily need to take a, you know, a lift and grand picture with your, every single fish you catch, but it's a good idea that if you're you know, you get on a bank, you get on a particular spot, and you have a great day. Take a picture, you know, showing yourself where you're at, you know, that you caught fish there, that kind of a thing. Take a picture that notes how, how the water level was. Uh, your phone will save all that. If you're like me, I've got six, seven years of pictures backed up on my phone. I can flip back through my phone and look at pictures that I've taken this type of month, you know, years in past, and I can definitely spot patterns as far as where I located fish, Terry. So that's a real good way to track that. Uh, another really good way is if you are fishing from a boat, you can utilize your electronics to track that, Terry. And, and one of the good ways to do that is on most modern-day electronics, you have the ability to choose different icons as far as dropping waypoints. So when I'm wanting to track fish, I'll drop an actual icon that looks like a little fish. And then throughout the year, Terry, you can change the color on that little fish icon. So, you know, in the springtime, for example, maybe all your fish little little icons that go down are all blue. And then if you get into the summer or in the spring, you change them to red. And then maybe in fall, you change them to yellow. Now what will happen is, you know, after two, three, four, five years of doing that, now you can look at your electronics. You can see those little fish icons you've dropped on there. And now you can identify what time of year you caught those fish by the color of the icon you dropped, Terry. So that's a real, real good trick as far as tracking that stuff. You know, the Internet's another good way to track that. You can definitely get on there and you can see kind of information that goes. Or you can go old school with it, Terry, and you can just write down a personal logbook and keep track of it like that. But keeping track of that information, you know, all of that throughout the year, after a few years of doing it, Terry, you can fall back on that, and it will definitely make you a more consistent and a more successful angler. Ronnie, we're out of time, but I couldn't agree more. You hit on all points. There was a couple points during what you were saying that I was going to interject something, but you came right up with it. Couldn't have covered it better. Great, great information. I hope people take it to heart because it'll just make them better anglers. Ronnie, i got to close things up, so I'm going to let you go, but thanks for that info. All right, Terry. You have a good one. That's Ronnie with Fishful Thinker. You can get a hold of him through the Fishful Thinker Network. Hey, a quick programming note. Next week is the NFL draft. So I'm going to be on assignment. Will Dykstra is going to fill in, but we're only going to have an hour and it's going to move back to nine o'clock for that hour. So nine to 10 next week. Then we'll be back 10 to noon the week after that. And then a couple weeks after that, we're going to do remote out at Adventure Camper. So you might want to mark that, come out and see us. We're going to wrap things up here. I want to say thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Karen, especially for bailing me out on avocados today. Don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook. So you're going to be able to to win the great trivia gifts we're giving away this year to celebrate 20 years. We'll be back in a couple weeks. I'll be back on 104.3 The Fan. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in sports.